Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity to crack open your word. I pray that you would give us clarity and hope and encouragement this morning. We come here from all different kinds of places, dealing with all different kinds of things, and what we need is you. I pray that you'd help us to learn in these moments or encourage us in these moments to pray more. Such an important thing that's often overlooked, and sometimes it even feels weird, but it's such, so important to our spiritual health and well-being. And we thank you for the look that we get into this very intimate prayer this morning that Jesus prayed for us. It's in his name we pray, amen. So I want to read a passage to you. If you have missed it last week, we kind of ended our other series called Happy Is, and we jumped into this series, which is just taking a look at some key moments leading up to the cross. Next week, we're going to jump back and celebrate Palm Sunday together. Um, no, there won't be palms here for you to take, but uh, <laughs> people always ask me that on Palm Sunday. I don't bring plants to church. I don't know if you do, but I, I don't. Um, <laughs> you can, I guess, if you want. But uh, we're taking a look at these key moments leading up to the cross, and kind of next week in the time, the actual timeline, we'll, we'll go backwards to when Jesus came to Jerusalem. But for right now, we're jumping into this passage in John chapter 17. And by the way, welcome, Tremont. I almost forgot to welcome you. We're so pumped that you're a part of this right now, aren't we? Are you guys pumped that they're part, you're like cousins up there in Tremont, sisters up there in Tremont, brothers up there? One person clap for you. So... That's how welcome you are to join. Can we clap for Tremont? It's a big deal. I know clapping is super hard for 9.30 here in Cresona. You guys aren't good at it. We love you anyway. You're just not good at it. And uh, right, just ask the drummer. Anyway, um, for, don't ask the drummer. But uh, we'll, uh, I want to read to you um, in... John chapter 17, some of the verses. I'm not gonna read all the verses in John chapter 17. I'm gonna read some of the verses, but I would encourage you to go back and read this passage. Here's a beautiful look at a prayer Jesus prays before going to the cross. It says this, Jesus starts praying, I'm gonna start in verse nine, and it says, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. It's talking about Judas there. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world for them. For, for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be as one as we are one. I in them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. And will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. And that I may, myself may be in them. Pray more, worry less. Pray more and worry less. My father said that to me on what would become his deathbed as he was dying of pulmonary fibrosis a couple weeks before he passed away. I had rolled into his um, hospital room as I did every day to see him and, uh, and uh, I was all flustered. Not only was I worried about him, I was worried about stuff going on with my kids, I was worried about my home, I was worried about this place. It was one of those moments where anxiety kinda like boils up and then builds on top of itself and it spins out of control a little bit and you kind of don't even know. If you, could, if you could have some clarity and some peace, you could pick apart the little ways in which that anxiety kind of sprung up on you, but we never really catch it when it starts. We kind of always catch it as it's overcoming us. And my dad looked at me, the one who should have been disgruntled and worried, the one who was in great discomfort, the one who could hardly breathe, he looked at me and he said, with love, oh Josh, pray more and worry less. <laughs> I had a great example of it because that was how he lived in front of us all the time. Uh, there are people that I think it just comes a little more naturally to than others, but my dad was one of those people who was a man, it's, Proper to describe him this way, he was a man of prayer. Every time we would leave his hospital room, we should have been praying for him and his healing. We couldn't bring the words up. It's too emotional. We are too crushed with what we knew was impending loss coming in the near future. And it was hard. I've always cried a lot while praying. <laughs> There's just something very deep and emotional about it. I struggled to really pray for my dad until the last week before his home going, and then I was able to muster up the courage and the emotional fortitude to be able to not just be prayed for by him, but to also pray for him. I'm so thankful for those moments. They were so sweet. But every time we would leave, he would pray. And it didn't seem strange, because as I looked back on my life, he had always been a man of deep prayer 
and he had always prayed for us. I can remember some of his prayers, right? Like, dear God, I pray that you would make my sons into the men you want them to be. Over and over and over again, I heard these prayers. And if I'm being really truthful to you, uh, like, if I'm transparent, I guess, I hope I'm always truthful to you. I'm trying to always be truthful to you. If I'm being really transparent about a bit of my personal life growing up in the home of a pastor and a man who was unafraid to pray anywhere at any time was very uncomfortable. <laughs> we'd be like ready to get out of the car on the way to school. My dad would have to pray for us. We'd be like, Dad, you know, like now when I drop my kids off to school, I put on a little like 90s rap, the clean stuff, and I crank it up, and I scream out the window, I love you, you know, and they hate me for it. <laughs> my dad didn't do that. My dad would pray for us, and we'd be like, and, and I gotta be honest, like another uncomfortable thing is he prayed uncomfortably long. Like he would, just, he would just get in the zone and forget everything else. One time we left church and went home for lunch, and we were all starving because he probably preached too long, and he decided to pray for lunch, and I opened my eyes, and all my brothers had their eyes open, and I looked at my dad, and I said, hey, dad, we just prayed a lot at church. Can you shorten it up so we can eat? <laughs> he would pray a lot, and it was uncomfortable growing up. Man, the prayers at the diner were always longer than I had hoped, and I would get I would get mad because I'd have my eyes open and be looking at the menu, pretending not to be praying because I was embarrassed about what people would say. It just would make me uncomfortable. But as I look back on his life, what I have found in reflecting on my own life is a series, a long series of answered prayers. Listen, it doesn't always mean that my dad got what he wanted. But God always proved faithful in the prayers that he whispered. I look at my brothers, I see answered prayers. I look at my kids and I see my dad's answered prayers. Look at my relationship with my wife, I see my dad's answered prayers. As I reflect on his life, as uncomfortable as it was in moments to pray with him, to have him pray for us, as uncomfortable as it still feels sometimes to pray, I am overcome with gratitude. And I feel the loss, not just of a dad who I love deeply, but I also feel the loss of just someone who was committed to praying for me no matter what. I'm not gonna be shy about my goal for us this morning. My goal for us, I don't even care about the last part of the title of this message, Worry Less. My goal for us is just to pray more. And I'm, I hope that I can like, Jesus prayed a lot. He was constantly getting away from the crowd, getting away from ministry, getting away from spaces like this this morning. He would escape these places to seek solitude and to connect with his Father in heaven in prayer. And I would love to know what all of those moments looked like. We don't get to know what all of those special and beautiful moments looked like, but we get to peek into this prayer. Jesus prayed a lot. 
And in this prayer in John 17, what you catch, what we get the privilege of looking at is an intimate moment where Jesus isn't praying for show. He's not praying for the people that hear what he's going to have to say. He knows what's coming, and he knows what the journey is going to look like, and he takes this time, this so absolutely essential time for him to connect with his father in prayer and to lay his heart out before him. Jesus prayed a lot. And if it was so important for Jesus, why isn't it that important for me? Why isn't it that important for us? If he needed it, the son of God among us, Jesus Emmanuel, knowing what he was going to walk through, just needing it for his own soul to connect with the Father, then how come I put it as the last thing on my agenda? How come it gets sacrificed so fast? We're busy people, but it's not an excuse to be too busy to pray. Our calendars look ridiculous these days. But there's space enough on them to pray. Now, I don't want to make you feel bad. I don't, I'm not trying to like guilt trip anybody because your prayer life isn't like Jesus's or like my dad's or anything like that. I'm just trying to say like, hey, pray a little more. That, that's the, the vibe I feel the conviction I feel from getting this intimate look into Jesus' prayer. And I love that it's an intimate look, and at the same time, I think that's what makes us a little uncomfortable when we're talking about prayer. It's because it is an intimate thing. You know, I don't think kids these days understand this, but those of us that were born in the um, late 80s, <laughs> remember what it's like to have to call a girl you like on the phone and not the cell phone. You kids are wimps these days. I'm just kidding, you're not, you're not wimps. You have advantages we don't have. You can just text somebody and there's nothing left to talk about because you just texted the entire year's worth of information in one afternoon. We didn't have that luxury. We had to get the numbers. We had to remember the numbers. We didn't get to plug them into a phone. We had to remember the numbers. Talk about panic when you can't find a pen and some girl's ready to give you their phone number. And then you had to call and you knew that there was a good chance a grown-up was gonna answer the phone. You try to plan it out, be like, could you, I'm gonna try to call you at this time, right? But then like you freak out because something interrupts your plan and then you know like she's not gonna get to the phone in time. You gotta, like I would call up and I would, I would be, and my, my wife's, my father-in-law, I love him to death. He's a great guy, but like he was very scary back then. And uh, he, would, he would answer the phone every time and I would need a new pair of shorts. Like, is that too much? I don't know. It's probably too much. If that's too much, I'm probably not the, Probably not the right pastor for you, but, uh, which you've probably figured out already by my attire most weekends. Um, sorry about that. The coffee's good-ish, though, so I'm getting way sidetracked. I'm wound up. I told you I was excited to be here, which is a dangerous thing for all of us. Um, 
You had to, remember how awkward and scary that was? To call that girl's house, that guy's house, and not know who you were gonna get on the other line? There's something scary about it because it's so intimate, because of the emotions that are balled up in it, because it's like, you're, you're letting your cards out on the table. You're putting your heart on your sleeve. You're taking an intimate risk. You're risking being known, right? This dude calling likes my kid. <laughs> I'm going to punch him. <laughs> Don't punch anybody. <laughs> That'd be a bad plan. I know you think about it, but don't do it. I think that's why praying can feel weird for people, especially when they're just trying to start out. It, it can feel weird because it's uncomfortable and intimate and big. It's a big deal. It, it's, it's bigger than calling a girl on the phone. It's so much more important. Even if that girl ends up being the girl you marry and have three kids with, it's, it's bigger than that. What, what, what we're doing when we pray is we are, God is inviting us into his very presence, into his throne room. We are coming before him. How absolutely incredible is it that you don't need somebody to message God for you. You don't need somebody as an intermediate. There's no middleman needed. You as you are with whatever junk you have going on in your life, with whatever mistakes you've made, no matter who you are, no matter what labels you wear, no matter what other people say about you, are welcome. Are welcomed by God into his very, his very presence. Some troll on TikTok told me I don't need to yell to make my point. I, was, I post sermon videos on there. I'm just excited. <laughs> just excited. Because prayer is like a really big deal. You are invited into the very presence of God to bear your heart, to ask him whatever you want. And he welcomes you like, like a good father. I know not all of you had good fathers. Like a perfect father welcomes a child. I don't care what my kids ask me. They may not get it all, right? Like if you want a bag of stickers at like 8.30 in the morning, guess what? You're not getting it, but I want them to come and ask me for it. I want them to talk to me. I want them to share everything that's going on in their life. And this good father, this perfect father of ours, welcomes us into his presence to connect with him in prayer. Now, prayer has lots of benefits, but I want to rip a couple off that I think are pertinent to us in the times in which we live on. And this is not an exhaustive list, but can I just share some benefits that I've experienced and I've watched born out in a man who prayed constantly for me and for the people I love. First, it slows us down. Everybody's so busy all the time, running, 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 doing, doing, doing. We need to, I don't know if you know this, you need to slow down. Prayer pulls us out of the chaos of life, the busyness of life, the never-ending demands uh, and expectations placed on us by others and on us by ourselves. It slows us down and it reminds us. It reminds us it's okay not to be okay. It reminds us 
that no matter how lonely we feel, we're not alone. It reminds us that even in the midst of rejection by others, that God accepts us. It reminds us that no matter what we feel, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what challenges we face, it reminds us that God loves us, that he is for us, that he is with us, that he will never abandon us or leave us. Prayer has this absolute incredible effect that is so much more important than you just getting what you think you need or what you want. Prayer reminds us of who God is. It reminds us of what he has done for us. It reminds us of who we are to him. And that's a reminder that we all need. Overcome by the stress of your life. Brokenhearted because of the circumstances in your life. Uncertain about your future what you should do, how you should do it, tormented by some things in your past, whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, pray. It's not just about getting us what we think we want or need. It's about us connecting with the God who loves us so unconditionally who is constantly pursuing us, who is jealous for our attention, not in some weak, lame way, but because he knows what he wants to do in our hearts and through our lives. So prayer slows us down. It reminds us of some of the most important stuff in life, most importantly, who God is and what he has done for us and who we are to him. It also aligns us we are people who want to know what's going to happen next. Do you want to plan? What's the plan? How are things going to work out? I don't know. I'm not sure. Is this relationship going to make it? Is this, is this going to happen? Are, are we going to have some good days ahead for us? Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Prayer doesn't always reveal God's will, but it always aligns our heart with God's will. And if you are aligned with God, the missteps you are worried about won't happen as often. And when they do happen, you will quickly find the forgiveness and the redirection that you need from the God who loves you back into alignment with where he's going. The question really becomes not am I going to be aligned with what God's plan is for my life. The question really becomes do I believe it's a good plan? Do I believe he is good to me? Do I believe that he is for me? Do I believe that God's plan for me is better than my plan for myself? If I believe that, I don't have to figure it out. I just have to be aligned with his heart. And prayer has this way, even in the middle of asking him for all the things we want to ask him for, even in the middle of all that, all that stuff, the list we have, you know, my left toe hurts and I got to... My ankle, I, I, I ran yesterday. My, my, youngest, my youngest daughter is into cross country and track now all of a sudden, which is great. Except for the fact that I, I felt brave yesterday on the track and thought, I can run a lap. I don't need to just walk. If my leg, if you see me do something weird up here, it's not God striking me down. It's my hammies. <laughs> my hammies are screaming right now. <laughs> if I just want to be aligned 
with God's will, if I want to know God's will and walk into it, I don't have to figure it out. I can just align myself with him and where he's going. And when I find myself praying, I find that my heart is realigned with the God who isn't just loving me, but has a direction for my life. You may think you're not good enough, but God has a direction for your life. You may not know this, but he's called you to the place where you are, the job you have. He doesn't just call pastors. He's gifted you for what you're doing, for where he has placed you. He's equipped you for what you're doing. He has you right where you are to give him glory. You're not working for a boss. You're working for him. He has you there for a reason. And I want to be aligned with his plan for me every day because I trust him, because I know it's better than my plan for me. Prayer slows us down. It reminds us of the most important stuff. It aligns us with his will. It also changes things. Sometimes we doubt this just because our prayers, which come from our limited understanding of our circumstances, our prayers, which come from the small picture of our life in light of eternity, and all that God wants to do with us here. Sometimes we feel like prayers aren't answered and they don't really work or change anything just because we don't see the answer we want to see when we see it. What if God's doing something bigger and more important and our scope is just too narrow? Not because we're broke or wrong, just because we're human and God is not. Here's, here's prayer changes circumstances it does there's examples throughout scripture of it i've lived it myself i have found that it doesn't always look the way i want to look it doesn't always happen the way i want it to happen i don't always get what i think i need most of the time what i think i need is not really what i need it doesn't look to me like it's always changing my circumstances but god changes our circumstances sometimes when we bring those things to him in prayer. But it always changes me. Now here's the last thing, right? There's so many more benefits. God gives you protection. You can experience joy in moments of prayer. You can, there's, there's so many benefits to prayer, but here's my last one for you today. And you know, you study this thing on your own if you wanna learn more about it. There's so much more, so much more. But prayer grows us. I don't know, I try to be a person who never thinks I made it, right? Like, did you come here like, I made it. We're good. I'm perfect. That's why I'm at church, right? Like, no, I don't think that's you. I think, you know, I think, I don't think that's you. Um, I've never made it. I'm never there yet. I'm living out Philippians 1.6. God began a good work in me, and he's going to complete it in the day of perfection. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm a work in progress. And I grow in a ton of different ways. I grow reading his word. I grow from serving others. I grow um, from being generous with my time. With my, my, I, grow from, I grow from so many different ways. And one of the ways I grow is just by connecting with my father. If you want to deepen your relationship with the person you love most on this planet, ignore him for three months. 
Don't ignore them for three months. Like, go talk to them right after church. Be like, hey, how's it going? What's up? Right? Like, we grow in relationship through communication. We grow in relationship through connectedness. If we're going to be best friends, we got to spend some time together. We got to do some things together. But more than that, if we want to be best friends, we got to share some things together. And the last thing I have for you here is that prayer grows us. It grows us into better human beings. It grows us closer to what God has designed for us. It makes us into the men and women that he wants us to be. Prayer grows us spiritually. There's so many other benefits to prayer. And Jesus taught us how to pray. When he taught his disciples how to pray, he used the Lord's Prayer, it's a beautiful prayer. You can look it up. It's a beautiful prayer as long as you do it with meaning instead of ritual. Uh, I use this acronym just real quick because we're running out of time to pray. I, I use this acronym called PRAY. <laughs> it's real slick, huh? <laughs> Super smart. The P for me it stands for Praise. I, I, I want to start my times with prayer with an attitude of gratitude. Now I'm rhyming. This is going way south. <laughs> attitude of gratitude. Just thanking God for all that he's done. I know it's difficult sometimes, but, but when I stop and I, and I start with praise, even on my worst days, I can find something to thank God for. It might be that this day that is the worst day is going to be over soon, and there's a new day coming tomorrow, and I really need it, but I can find something to be gratitude. And that, that P, the praising God, it realigns me. It reminds me. It does all of those important things. I spend some time with the R, repenting. I don't know if you're perfect, but I'm not, clearly. And I need to take time to reconnect and get all the garbage out of my heart that I've allowed in. I need to take time to say to God, I'm sorry. I know some people find those words really hard to say. I don't know why they're so hard to say. They are so essential to restoring and continuing to deepen any relationship. And there are things in my life that I let distract me from God's perfect ideal for me. There are sins that I have Maybe even today, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you that much information that I got to say, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. A, ask. This is a fun part. Bring all of it. Ask him all of it. Ask him all the desires of your heart. Lay it all out there. Don't hold anything back. But then the last part is so important. I yield. I just say, God, this is what I want. But I realize I'm not God. And if you got something better, if you got something different, I'll follow you. I don't know. Here's, what's, here's what I think works. Finding your way to pray. It may be praying out loud. It may be praying in the quiet. It may be praying with some music on. It may be not saying words with your mouth at all. Maybe it's journaling to God. I don't know. Find what works for you. I love this beautiful picture that Jesus prays. It's so intimate. Is it incredible that before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed for you? You must be important to him. He thought of you. Such a beautiful picture. Here's what he prayed. 
He prayed that you would be untangled with the world. The world in scripture means the faulty systems that are, it's not people, it's the faulty systems that are being pushed against us that take us away from God's perfect system for us. They, they demean us and drag us down and entangle us and trap us in series of lies. The, the systems are hurtful for us and Jesus prays that you wouldn't be tangled up in all of those lies. He prays that we would be together in verse 11, that we would be unified. In verse 13, he prays that you would experience his joy. In verse 15 and 11, he prays for your protection. In verse two and 25, he begins it and he caps it, praying for your eternal state, that you would be with him for eternity. This world is short and passing. There's so much more for you. Your story doesn't end with death. You will end up in a place with no more tears, with no more loss, with no more pain. That should let it swell in your heart. You have eternity. And he prays for you that your eternity would be with him. And he prays, verse 26, that you would experience his love. So here's the challenge. This is, let's put a, you can't say a cap on the end of it because the kids nowadays, cap's like a lie, right? So like, no cap, here's the end. Does that make me look cool? I don't know. Here's the end, right? Like, find your space to pray. It can look as unique as you are. There's no do it this way or it doesn't count. Find a space to pray more and be watchful about how God will use those moments to change you and change things around you. And then commit, this is it, find your space and commit to a new rhythm of prayer. Maybe it's turning off the sports podcast on the way to work, just saying a few words to God and listening for him. Maybe it's closing the bedroom door and keeping all the kids in front of the TV so you can get two minutes of quiet to just communicate with the God who loves you. Maybe it's waking a little bit earlier in the morning so that you can set the direction of your day right by just spending a little time in prayer. And then watch. Because like I watched in my father's life over and over and over again, when you pray, you may not always get what you want, but God will always prove faithful to you. Dear God, we thank you for this such an incredible opportunity that we have to come before you. Oh man, what a privilege it is. <laughs> I'm a mess, and yet I'm allowed here in your throne room to lift my heart before you. I know sometimes we struggle with prayer because we're not sure what words to say or how to say them or feels uncomfortable or intimate. Would you break through all those distractions and lies and remind us that we're not just talking to somebody who may reject us. 
We're talking to a God who loves us. Who sent his son to die for us. It's so beautiful to see what you prayed for us in this passage. Would you help us to become people that pray more and worry less? In Jesus' name, amen.